No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me. You already know what it is. Yes, sir. First Take Tuesday. Brady got number seven. Super Bowl 55 in the books. The Chiefs did not show up. The Bucks took care of business. Uh, what was it, 31 to 9? Yeah, it was a blowout. It was a blowout. It was a, it was a shellacking. A they, drubbing. Drubbing. <laughs> So obviously we're going to recap Super Bowl 55. Talk about that. I want to focus on the Bucks and what they have to do. How long can Tom Brady do this? I'm not going to ask that question, but we are going to talk about the team, some free agents, Todd Bowles. We'll break down the whole game, and of course we'll also touch on what was going on with Mahomes, the Chiefs, and what they need to do coming into next year. Then we'll talk NBA KG made some comments, New York Times article. He brought up uh, maybe some people back in the day couldn't couldn't play with the folks today. We'll talk about that. We'll read the quote. We'll break it down. Steve Kerr makes some comments on uh, Steph Curry minutes being played. We'll break that down, and then we'll just talk about the league in general. The Nuggets will be a highlight. Uh, we got some files to give on that. So we'll talk about uh, Super Bowl, NBA, and then uh, you know, you know, we'll we'll be about at the hour fifteen mark by then. Big Nick the Quick, what's happening? What's the business? What's going on? Gee, how's the Super Bowl? Blowout, a smackdown. How was the game the, or just the watching the, experience? The experience, though. Uh, it was cool, man. You know, obviously this is the first year, haven't had people over. Just watched it, uh, just watched it with the family, man. But it was actually nice. It's I feel like it was the first year I could really lock into the game like super hard. You know, yeah. especially if you have people at the crib or you're somewhere where it's loud, noisy, you're talking, you're chilling. Um, you can't really lock in like that. Like, I was fully locked into the game. Right. It was but it a, was a blowout. <laughs> yeah, it was not. I Listen, let's jump right into it. Two minutes into the show, we're probably going to talk about this for half an hour, at least. Look, I was dead wrong. I thought the Chiefs. You know what happened, bro? <clears throat> I got lulled to sleep by Patrick Mahomes, and he can do anything at any time, any place, anywhere. And I honestly think the Chiefs as a whole team were were lulled to sleep by that as well. Which is fair. I mean, you're not it's not like you can feel like shit about take. I mean, that it did it obviously well, didn't pan out, but it panned out. 25 out of the last 27 games, right? So I mean this I is think the thing, that, but like Yeah, they it, just ran into a to a better game plan. They ran you know who we know who wasn't lulled to sleep by the Chiefs was Todd Bowles. <laughs> oh, I I think that first matchup gave him some real like. Let me. This is some stuff that we could look at with Winfield and playing over the top. Just like we talk about, how can you let Devontae Adams do this, or how can you let uh, Devontae Smith of Alabama just run wild? Like, bro, you got to double this guy, and that's what Bowles did on Tyreek. Uh, Hill the whole game from so the very beginning yeah from the very beginning played uh two shell over the top man with, with with help behind him like a cover two style the whole game but but they were clearly very 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 focused on Tyreek Hill which 
I had said that, you know, the week before a couple of weeks ago that, hey, you know, they're going to they're going to come in there. He's going to do his thing regardless. But to the Bucks credit, to Todd Bowles credit, they 100 percent took him away. And it's clear that that was a focus from the very beginning of the game. Like, no, Tyreek, whatever you do, he's not doing it. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's the, if we're going to go down, it's not going to be <laughs> from not, him running wild. Yeah. yeah. Throwing up peace signs at people. You know, because well, I mean? he's demoralizing. You know what I mean? Like, he has those big plays, and that can take the air out of you from the very beginning. So I love how they kind of came out and just, again, man, it was all about stopping him. Give me, uh, we'll get into it now. Give me your thoughts on the game and kind of what do you think happened? And then, Lay out uh, your game ball, and that could obviously be anybody. I, we, we know Brady got the MVP, yeah. but you know. So I think the biggest thing that they did, which, um, you know, like remember we talk about – I mean, I'm just in general. The biggest thing that they did is the offense matched that defensive game plan. You know what I mean? It's not like the defense was going out there getting stops and giving the ball back to the offense and you got three and out. And it's like, hey, go ahead and do it again, right? When they were getting those stops, when they were playing that aggressive style of defense, the offense 100% rewarded them with touchdowns. Tom Brady looked as sharp as I've seen Tom Brady ever. Um, but you got to take your hat off to the defense. If there's anybody that gets the game ball, it's going to be Todd Bowles. But I can't stress how much the offense played complimentary football to what the defense was doing because we've seen it go the other way, right? If you're not scoring, if you're not capitalizing on those stops against a player like Pat Mahomes, you're going to be in for a long day because you keep giving him chances when the game is tied. They got the ball back and they were scoring touchdowns with a really balanced game plan on offense too. It wasn't just Tom Brady going out there flinging it. I thought the running game for the Bucks was awesome. Um, he called the right pass plays at the right time. So, again, just the, between the two coordinators, the complimentary football was crazy. Um, at the end of the day, the game ball for me does go to Tom Brady. Um, but, yeah, between the two coordinators, just the game plan was perfect. Everything was so balanced for Tampa. <clears throat> like, you, yeah. I, I'm, you know how you're watching the game and you can kind of tell how the flow and what they're going to do like on an offensive play, like this will probably be a pass. Like, I honestly, everything was so balanced. I, like, didn't know what. Tampa Bay was going to come with it was either Fournette or it was Ronald Jones or it was like that first touchdown to Gronk the design on that was stupid it was stupid it was a sick design on that yeah. play everything was so balanced they looked really really cozy I thought it was interesting that Tom at the end was talking when he when he was on the podium getting the trophy and getting the MVP he was like we knew this was going to happen didn't we guys it's yeah. like they had the game plan that they knew was going to work and they weren't pressed about it in the slightest. Right. And you could tell by like, they literally did whatever they wanted. Like it was almost like the game looked scripted. Well, and that's what Good. I was just going to say, you know how you come out and do an opening drive and it's like a 10, it's like a 10 play script. The whole, the legit whole, every offensive play that they ran looked scripted. It was perfect. The timing was perfect. Everything was balanced from the play action to Mike Evans to pick up 30, from the play action to Gronk to pick up his second touchdown, to yeah. the design on the first touchdown. Everything was was balanced, and the Chiefs they, – they, they, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Chiefs <laughs> chiefed the Chiefs. Yeah, they like, really did. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, I don't want to turn into a Brady love fest, but I feel like that's what Tom Brady brings to the team. When you're playing in your 10th Super Bowl, he's like, look, guys, we have a game plan. It's solid. We practiced this for the past two weeks. 
We liked what we saw in practice, offensively and defensively. If you go out there and you execute it, we will be just fine. Like, there was no panic in that locker room at all when your leader, and again, the Bruce Arians even told you he's turned shit over to Brady. Like, who do you think was in the huddle all week? Right. Who do you think was pointing at the fil- at the film board all week? Like, that was Tom Brady giving those speeches, and he was telling them, go out there and execute. Defense, we got you. Go out there, get a stop, and we will reward you with touchdowns. We will reward you with a balanced drive. We will eat yeah. some clock away with that drive. We're not going to keep giving Mahomes bites at the apple. Now, the defense took that a step further and just held him to no touchdowns, completely flustered him. His receivers couldn't catch balls. Um, He was running for his life the entire game. So I just think that, yeah, I mean, that aggressive game plan, which probably most defensive coordinators wouldn't want to throw at Mahomes just out of fear that he's just going to rip you apart. Um, Bulls said, fuck it, man, we're going for broke. And I, I love it. I love the game plan. I don't even think he said that. They were they weren't blitzing him. They were just Shaq Barrett and those dudes were just causing wreaking havoc. It yeah. wasn't even like it wasn't like they were going for broke. They were like, "Yo, we're smash." Like Shaq said it after the game. He's like, "Yo," or Devin White said it after the game. He's like, "Bro, we play smash mouth dirty football, and we they thought they couldn't block him up front, and they just came over and over and over and over again." Right, but they and, were running some some of these these. Blitzes like you haven't seen before with the stunts, and then you had the blitzes where you had some of the DBs coming in, and you would have the linebackers flare out into coverage. Like yeah, different the double things. corner like, blitz. Yeah, 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 like a double corner blitz, like against yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, so different stuff like that. Again, like that's that's aggressive, man. Like that is stuff you wouldn't normally do, but they believed in their game plan. And again, when they got the ball back on offense, it was beautiful. The offense flowed so beautifully. Like I it do, was, like I it was said, just up and down the field, perfectly called play. Perfectly called run play, touchdown by Tom. Let's go back and let's get another. Like it, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. The only was, hick, the only hiccup they had all game was the they got stuffed on the goal line. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Which, where are you on that call? I'm, I, I you know, I am. You go for it every single time. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm going for it. I don't. Yeah. I, I will say this: the, the play calling. No one's obviously talking about it because they won the game handily. But it was awful. It was awful. They 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 got down to the first and goal, and they ran three runs and a pass, and the only pass was to an offensive lineman. Yeah. Um. And so he, yeah, and it he, was he, it was really. And tough. he should have caught that. But, Great play by the defender, but he should have caught that. Yeah, but so but it doesn't matter because they dominated the rest of the game and didn't and it didn't come back to it wasn't a talking point because that would have been if they would have went in the half like down a touchdown. But like, right. man, that that shit y'all just called. That was some Matt Nagy type shit. But that was an ass whooping. Like, don't be fooled. That was yeah. an ass whooping. And the only reason it was funny, like one thing that really stuck out to me is even at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, when there's down 31-9 the entire fourth quarter, there was no points in the fourth quarter at all by either team. The way that it was being called, the way that's being talked about on Twitter is like, oh, if Mahomes just gets this one touchdown and it's 31-17, he might have a chance. And I'm like, what are you no. talking what about? These watching? boys haven't scored all game, and you want them to score three touchdowns yeah. against who? Like it's not happening. There's no. This is over. Like this was over early. Let me tell you why. I because I I I actually rewatched the game. I was fast forwarded in some chunks that I knew some shit wasn't going to happen and stuff, right? But how I opened the show just about ten minutes ago was. I think everyone was lulled to sleep by just don't worry. When Mahomes wakes up, 
they'll be good and they'll make this a game. Like, don't worry. Like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Mahomes, every, and like, because, and I guess there's a proven track record of him all year as I'm going down double digits and him coming back and winning the game, right? So I guess that's a valid reasoning, but I, this had a different feel to it. Tom but, Brady wasn't involved. Well, that that too. Like, yo, I, <laughs> you're not I getting even, the ball back on a turnover or anything stupid like that. Yo, but that was the other thing that I tweeted during the game was, dog. If even if Mahomes turns it on and they go down and score every time they get the ball from now on, I don't see Tampa Bay getting stopped either. So yeah. I don't, I don't see like the Chiefs weren't showing any type of situations where they were looking like they could stop Brady and those boys. Oh, they were just getting so, penalties left and right and woofing all game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but this is when I knew that they were under the Andy Reid and those guys and everybody watching, I guess, was under like Mahomes is just, there's, there's no way, shape or form that Mahomes is not going to come back and tie this game up was the going into the half and the Chiefs calling timeouts. Yeah. I have never seen a more arrogant situation than that in my entire football watching career. Bro. Even made worse, you don't want to do that against anybody, right? Like, you just shouldn't. It is extremely arrogant to do. But how disrespectful is it to do that against Tom fucking Brady in a Super Bowl? It's beyond disrespectful. Why are you giving Tom Brady four timeouts in a Super Bowl, essentially? They close they, the half. No, they essentially gave him four timeouts to close the half. And this is the even more mind-boggling part because it was, I think when they got the ball, the first play was right around a minute, and they ran it up the middle. In other words, telling you, we're, we cool to go in the half. Yeah. Like, we, we'll, we'll run it here unless he breaks off 25, then cool. Because, like, they had one timeout. My eyes, they're, they're going to go real conservative. Cool, cool, okay. We didn't really get shit going. Let's go in the half. I think they run the ball and they see KC called timeout. And then Brady's like, wait, 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 wait. What's going on here? Wait, wait, wait. Y'all are, <laughs> y'all are calling timeout because y'all are going to get a stop to get the ball back to go down and get more points on, on, on us? Hold on here. I'm sure he went over to Bruce like, let's go down there and get six on these motherfuckers. He went over to man. Byron. And was yeah. Like, hey, yeah, man. Call, yeah, hold ditch, on. Ditch that bullshit that gets us into the locker room and let's get a touchdown real quick. Right. So they call the first timeout to stop the run. Then it's like second and two. I think they get an incomplete pass. Then it's third and two to Gronk. They hit Gronk for a first down. Of course. And then, and then so now there he has Kansas City has a timeout and Tampa has a timeout. And they're like just over midfield at this point. Now they're like, we at least got three locked up. Yeah. They got another first down. Clock is running. And KC called another timeout. Another timeout. Like, bro, this is the most ignorant shit I've ever seen in my whole life. Like, no matter what, they think that, dude, oh, just give, let's just get the ball back with 20 seconds left and we'll, no timeouts. We'll go down and get a field goal at least. We'll be fine. That's when I was like, man, they just they legit just gave Tom Brady four timeouts going into half to get points, and they're down 14-3. Disrespectful. Like, it was beyond disrespectful. So, it was – And, you uh, know, he – I mean, not even that it matters, but he – take he of course, take, he's like, okay, for sure. Like like you said, he takes that personally. Like, this is stupid. It was we, 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 we have to score. I'm going to make them pay for doing something this stupid. And, like, Andy Reid should know, this isn't your first rodeo with Tom in the Super Bowl. Like, you know the drill. Come on, man. 
Honestly, you need to be worried about getting into the locker room and regrouping because they busting your, they busting your busting ass. Busting your ass. You know what I mean? Like and so and now you go down twenty one six. Yo, it's legit. They're legit down multiple scores, and you got a goal line stop. Like yeah. y'all, y'all need to get into well, halftime. ASAP. And their defense is playing great, so it's not like you have any. Re- I, I get that you have Patrick Mahomes, but it's not like the game has been going in a way where it's like, oh, if we just get this. It's like no, the defense is in your ass, and the right. offense has put up twenty one points exactly. out, out of the defense being in your ass. So you shouldn't be that arrogant. I guess at that point in time it was fourteen, but you shouldn't be that arrogant. That was yeah, that was awful. It was awful, yeah, but awful that's what block I, management. But that's what I mean. But it's like. anything is we can do anything and it's like anything yeah this game was not going like that i looked at the halftime line and it was six and a half and i'm like six and a half (laughs) like i'm trying to figure out like how they're gonna get back into this game and i i I mean i i didn't fuck with it but i was just like man this seems like yo and we even had some of our homies in the group chat like oh yeah i'm on it i'm on it and i said why I'm, yo, because I'm, I'm on the Chiefs and why? I'm doubling. <laughs> I'm doubling down Chiefs plus eleven. I'm like, bro, what, what game what are, are you? you watching? Yeah, what game are you watching? <laughs> like, I get it. Like, so I need that, twenty. I need twenty points to even right, fucking like consider. The, like, yeah, what game are you watching at that point in time that would make you even think that putting any money on the Chiefs? Like, they're on their throat. Yeah, they were killing them, and they're not playing conservatively. They're not playing not to lose. Like, they're trying to score touchdowns. They're trying to win the game. Like, yeah, it was – and, like, we should have known. Like, hey, gambling rule. If Tom Brady's getting points in the Super Bowl, take him and don't look back. <laughs> like, it's – Yeah, just take the L if he – yeah, they cover you, him. You'll I, never yeah. feel bad about losing Tom Brady points in the Super Bowl. I don't care who he's playing. Yeah, it's interesting. It was uh, – A shellacking. He, he was so cool, calm the whole time. It just – Didn't even break like, a sweat. He knew that they had the shit. The game plan was locked up. And he went up to Gronk. What did I tell you? What do we do? This is what we do. We win Super Bowl. We won Super Bowls. Hey, you came back. I I told you to come (laughs) back. I told you I got you. I told you it would be worth it. Come out. You got two of them things in the Super Bowl, too. Two tutties. That's what he said to him after the game. He saw that. He's like, two tutties? He essentially, <laughs> if the cameras wasn't around, he's like, I, he would have said, like, I fucking told you, my dog. Yeah, like, I told you. I so told you just, nothing. yo, fuck, Bill. Just come. We, we, <laughs> yeah. got, we got some. We got some more relaxed here in Tampa. And we have fun. They let just my trainer come through. You know what I'm saying? Pull up, <laughs> yeah. pull up to Tampa. Don't you got to practice. Nah, listen, yo. <laughs> yo, we going to get you a lot of treatment. You don't got to show up to training no, camp. See, no pads. None, <laughs> none of that. Of that. None of that. that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, just be ready. Be ready in February. No, no, but no cap. Just be ready in the Super Bowl to catch two, and we'll That's be good. That's, That's all, all I need. That's all I need. And I'm and I'm gonna make sure you. If you decide to retire, you're gonna go out a fucking legend because you caught two in the Super Bowl. And repeat that. Our what every conversation we just had and every sentence we just had. Repeat that for Antonio Brown. Yeah. Look, yep. bro. Look, I understand you've been fucking around. I got you. Don't worry about it. Take a little less money. Or take whatever money they offer you. We'll, we'll, well, he we'll needed get, he needed so he needed to get into the league. Well, period, that's what I'm saying, but, yeah. but like we'll 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 get you rocking. We'll have shit in order. Come stay with me. We'll be good. Yeah, come live with me. Yeah, come live with me and Giselle and the kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll get you right. You know what I'm saying, man? No problems. You know, it's all good. Just do whatever you got to do. Like, and look, it's all it's it's the LeBron thing, right? It's like now you're gonna see guys around the guys around the league saw that. 
And it's like, yo, hey, I'm a wide receiver and I got, I got a couple good years left or I'm a running back and I don't really I've done what I need to do. I don't need my carries like that or I could be a defensive player, whatever it might be. Hey, we're, we're, I'm going to go play with Tom in Florida, not pay taxes and win Super Bowls. Straight like that. And I'll take less money. Straight like that. And what are the eight? Hey, they asked, they didn't even have to ask Tom. Go, oh, yeah, you know we're coming back. You heard him after the game? Yeah, you know we're coming back. He, he, dude, he, looked, he looked at Nance like, stop fucking asking <laughs> yes, me that. Don't even shit. ask him that bullshit. Yeah, I don't have time you... for this. I'm, <laughs> yes. What? Yes. Yeah, you see man. what I just did? Stop asking coming me that. Back. I don't need number, I need number eight. I might go for 10. I don't got nothing else to do, man. Yo, how, yo, real quick, because we're gonna. I want to go over this Tampa. Get Larry Bay. Fitz to the Bucks. Yes, Larry Fitz to the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, yes. No key. Yeah. Like for real. I. Yeah. Uh, I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got the list of uh, Tampa Bay free agents we're gonna go over, but really quick. How funny was the story of uh, they tried to they tried to push the story that Chris Godwin, uh, like, reluctant like gladly gave tom brady number 12 when he came to tampa bay oh Cause yeah because tom, tom was gonna wear number seven but instead i, I i'm such a t- dog that was the that tom, was the biggest cap of a story yeah. i ever heard tom, in my life tom wrote a check dog tom would have a cut, large one no on the yo, spot yo tom i don't know if tom did shit tom was like yo g Give me my fucking jersey, man. Well, but Tom's a stand up. Tom probably stand-up bought him a Bentley or something. Bought him a Benz here. Here, get the fuck out right. of here. <laughs> I they, had this one out back here. They, they tried to flip it like Godwin <laughs> yeah. was like, uh, like Tom was going to wear seven and Godwin yeah. came, ran right. out the back and was like, here, Tom, you can it, have it. It's 12. called TB12, not TB7. Yes. That, 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 was, the, that was no change. But it, Tom probably maybe got him a watch. You know Come what I mean? Paid playing. his rent for a couple months, something like that. But yeah, it was. There was Godwin didn't have to volunteer it. It was already volunteered. Yes. Okay. How about how about Schefter though, real yeah. quick, saying that yeah. only did you know this? Um, only two teams expressed interest in Tom Brady this offseason. No, I didn't. It was that. only that he said only the Chargers and the Bucks uh seriously expressed interest, like made it made an offer. Which is crazy considering you didn't have to trade for him. Well, what do you mean made him. an offer? Oh, like here's a contract. Like, do you want to come play football for us? Yeah, only right. two teams. Here's the deal. Yeah, Interesting. Which, which is crazy. Another reason to fire Ryan Pace. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yes, that is. I mean, come well, on. Folks thought Tom Brady wasn't ready to come. Come on, man. I like, really don't want to derail the show. <laughs> yeah. But like, Tom, Tom Brady was available show. and none of these teams made calls. Come I didn't on. hear that. That is actually yeah, really interesting. That's what he said on Get Up on Monday. Only two teams. Interesting. Okay. All right, well, let's talk about this because uh, just like me and Big Nick were saying, this team is <clears> – people are going to want to go to Tampa and play football. Like, simple as that. These are some of the free agents. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep everybody, but let's take a look, right? So, we got Shaq Barrett. Going to get paid. He's going to get paid probably – let me just read the list off of people that aren't watching. I got on the list here. Shaq Barrett, Levante David, Rob Gronkowski, and Dominican Sue. Uh, Steve McClendon, Joe Hayek, I don't even know who that is, and then Leonard Fournette, and then A.B. Antonio Brown are the big names on the list. Shaq Barrett is worth about $18 million per. $90 million contract, yep. So he Just won a Super Bowl. Is the, price, the price ticket went up. This is, so this is where we're at with that type of shit. Because, and I, I actually, I'm interested to get your, your take on this, because I, 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 I vary on like, yo, do you take the money? Or do you kind of stick around and 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 try to win more rings, right? This is the baseline. 
if you've had a big deal in your career, like in Dominican Sioux, you you take the little bread and come back and enjoy yourself on the way out to retirement. Don't try to go chase some more money. That's what I that's what I would do. That's my opinion, right? I don't want to like, assuming your situation is straight. Right. Assuming yeah, assuming you're yeah, your yeah, bread you is know, right. some of us yeah. bread isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But then guys like uh I believe Shaquille Barrett. Hold on. I can let me pull up the I'll just pull up the real while I pull that up, like guys like Gronk and A B, like those guys have to come back. That's easy, yeah. Well, Gronk can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I think Gronk's not playing football without Tom Brady. Yeah, I don't think he's interested in that. Gronk, yeah, no, for sure, he retired. He 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 said as much, and he wasn't going to play for Belichick. So Gronk is going to do whatever Gronk's going to do. I don't think AB has redeemed himself enough to where he can go out there and get a big money deal. So his best thing is just to stay and play with Tom Brady. But Shaquille Barrett, that's a hundred percent the type of player who look, man, you won your Super Bowl. But there is no better time for and you were a huge part of winning that Super Bowl, right? You just had the game of your life. Um, yeah, look, he's he's at so the look, end. Of, he's on and, one of those. Uh, and Shaq, no, Shaq was on the uh, Shaq was on the franchise tag this year. Yeah, so go get so your like, money. You got to go get paid. You got to go get paid, man. You haven't made that much money in your career. He's only made twenty five million dollars. Go get your money. Yeah, he got fifteen last year. Before that, he was making two, three hundred thousand. Right, like, it's six hundred thousand. Right, so yeah. no, he needs that bread. That's where it gets kind of spooky, you know what I'm saying? And 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 he's 28. He only has one payday left. Absolutely, it's, th- it's this one. So you'll never be more valuable than you are right now. Go out there, get your five year deal, cash the bag in. If you got to go play for the Lions, go play for the Lions. They're in a really good situation. But that's that's all their free agents. That's it. Yeah, that's uh, that's the whole list. So that's and the ones. Well, the, no, that's not the whole list, but the guys that matter. Right. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing with Shaq Barrett, though. Like, you lose Shaq Barrett, you gain some other pass-rushing linebacker who's towards the end of his career but will come to you for less money. You know who's going to come to you for a million dollars? J.J. Watt. Mm. Oh, man, let me go over there and play with Gronk and Tom. It's a a Mm. white boy club over there. This is a fit right in. This is great. You know what I mean? Um, I'll come over there and play for a million. I've made so much money, it's stupid. The Texans will probably cut me. If Deshaun's here, I definitely don't want to – down here, I definitely don't want to be here. I'll go over there to Tampa. Yeah, sure. Why not? And I could be called Super Bowl champion J.J. Watt for the rest of my career. You will have a lot of guys that are going to do that. They just watched it. They just watched it happen, man. Who? And you can say you play with Tom Brady. Guys want to play with Tom Brady. Defensive guys, kickers, it doesn't matter who it is, man. This is going to have an effect. Yo, let me ask you this. So, like, a guy like Mike Evans came out and said, yo, restructure my shit. Do whatever you got to do. Did he just say that? To, yeah, he said – I'll take I'm less money to I'll, stay I'll with Tom Brady. Money. Well, he's he's already under contract, right? But he's saying he wants to keep the team in in, in place. So, like, I'll, I'm willing to restructure, do whatever you want. Where yeah. do you stand on shit like that? Is it like, yeah, yeah, get the team, bring the team back, but don't don't be don't be digging in my pocket. Yeah, I'm not. If I'm Mike Evans and I'm a young <laughs> player in my prime, and there's no, I don't have to give up any money. I'm not gonna do it. Um, if it was a situation where like I might be closer to getting cut or traded or something, like yeah, but. I'm not giving up any bread yeah, if I'm in, in. his situation because I'm locked in and I'm such a key part of the team that I have no reason to give up money. But I respect it. I understand what he, but because it sucks to lose. Like Mike Evans has also been putting up numbers his entire career on losing teams. 
So for him to have it come in this year and you win a bunch of ball games and it ends up winning the Super Bowl and like that feeling, like he might be like, yo, I'll make that money back one way or another. I don't know how much money he's willing to give up. That's the real question. You ain't gonna give yeah. up five million a year. Yeah, we'll see what happens yeah. with that. Here, take two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, yeah, you guys can figure it out. It might be something like that. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what he's got going on. I want to ask you this too. Let's talk Todd Bowles. Yeah. Would you hire Todd Bowles as 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 your head coach of your football team? If I had an, an offensive guy to bring with him, yeah. What does that mean? I mean, I don't think I think he's an awesome defensive coordinator, and I think he's definitely a head coach as far as you know being a head coach. But I'd want to make sure that there's a plan for the offense. Yeah, I think that's where you. That's that's the problem. That's but, where that's where yeah. that's where the problem lies, right? It depends so, on my squad, though. I mean, it depends, though, man. I mean, I think if you if you don't have a quarterback, right, and you bring in Todd Bowles, your team's not going to get any better. If you do have a quarterback and you bring in Todd Bowles and he can bring in somebody who can just continue to bring that quarterback along, but it doesn't need to be some dominant personality who would normally be a head coach, I think you'll be just fine. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. But this is the problem. I think it's a lot to bring a defensive head coach and tell him to fucking build your quarterback. It just it, it doesn't work. No, it's not his. That's not what he does. Yeah, and he's so you're gonna have a sick ass defense like they had in the Jets some of those years, but he had Sam fucking Darnold. Exactly. Like that's yeah. that's not what he does, right? This yeah. is the this is the problem with and obviously I want as many black coaches in the league as possible, but I would not hire Todd Bowles as the head coach, and here's why. You're all just like you said, Nick, you're always gonna be looking for an off like you gotta figure out an offense every couple years. So right. say you are Todd Bowles, right? And you got this phenom offensive guy, Sean Mc Sean McVay Jr., you found him and he, you, you make him your offensive coordinator. They start running up the offense. He's he's a head coach in a year. Yeah, like so. Every year you're going to be looking for someone to orchestrate and build your offense. That's the problem with having a defensive-minded guy that's calling the defensive plays as your head coach because you're always going to be trying to figure out the offensive side of the football. Well, and the other thing is, if you draft a young quarterback and you have a defense, the defense, the head coach sets the the, the the program, right? He sets the tone for the entire organization, right? If you have a defensive-minded head coach and you bring in a young quarterback, no matter what, that defensive-minded head coach's number one priority will never be developing that quarterback. It will always be with an eye towards the defense because that's what he knows. That's what he does. And that's what he knows he can make the most impact on, not in developing your passer. He might say everything about it. Yeah, hey, we want to do it, woo, all that stuff. But the second he sees something wrong on defense while he's coaching that passer, he's going to run over there and fix that because that's what he knows. Exactly. So it'll it'll never work that way. But if you already have a guy in there, then yeah. I mean, it, 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 just, it just depends on the team. It has to be a team where you have a quarterback already um, so you know you can just bring in an offensive coordinator who can essentially just do plays for you. But he doesn't have to develop a quarterback. So I think it's too much to run a defense and develop a quarterback at the same time. It's very, it's, 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 it doesn't work. Yeah. That's why you (laughs) see these offensive guys get hired and they hire these defensive guys and they leave them the fuck alone. Like, here, yeah, go ahead. I don't even, like, Sean McVay doesn't talk to his defense, whoever the defensive coordinator is, that young guy. Doesn't talk to him. That guy doesn't, does his thing. Hey, I got nothing to do with any of this. Like, you know what I mean? 
Vic Fangio, yeah. He's like who, Matt, who? I don't even know. I don't know that guy. I, don't even I, know I have who no idea who is. that is. And he I'm, better not talk to me. Yeah, he sent me a schedule. I ha- I don't know what it is. I haven't even accepted it. I don't and, know who this guy is. Don't talk to me. Fact, he better not <laughs> yeah. say a fucking word to me when I see don't, his ass. And don't talk like, to my players either. Right. Facts. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. Like I don't that. know you. Be you. That's fine. I'm. We're over here. <laughs> so does Todd Bowles deserve another head coaching opportunity? Sure. Yeah, it wouldn't be for for my team if I was running it. Now, if I could, well, if you look at could, some of these doofuses that are getting hired, it's like, well, shit, we're hiring tight ends coaches and yeah. assistant offensive line quality control coaches to be head coaches of the Detroit Lions and stuff. So it's kind of like, I get maybe you hear some yeah. of these posts from these guys and some of the shit it's that true, they're saying. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I'm trying to run <laughs> it the right way, and I would I would I would beg and plead and empty my wallet for him to come over and, and run the D. Yeah. Like, hey, if you if you just <laughs> if this title if this title if you can deal with this defensive coordinator title, I can give you. I, I'm gonna give. I can give you as much money as you want. But man, like, I I would just have to have an offensive guy running running the head running the head coaching spot just because he it would be locked in place. Like Andy Reid's gonna be the coach of the Chiefs for till he till he quits. <laughs> You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's how it is. So <clears throat> I think it's an interesting situation. Shout out Todd Bowles. He had those boys ready, locked in, and they were not fucking around. Um, let's close it here. What do the Chiefs do? Where do they go? Um same place they've been going. That's fine. Hey man, it's just a bump in the road. You lost to Tom Brady, you lost to the greatest quarterback of all time and a team that figured you out. I heard I heard Mahomes on an interview or whatever it was today. He said, you know what I gotta do? I got to get better at taking what's in front of me, not always looking for just the big plays to be aggressive. He, he's going to work on the mental game. He's going to continue to work on his mental game. If you're the Chiefs, you're fine. You lost one. It's cool. It'll be all good. Remember when the Warriors lost that one to the Cavs? Came right back and won two more. Yeah. Go get your Kevin Durant. Go do whatever you got to do. <laughs> Guys are going to go and want to go play with him too. I think it was clear that this woke them up a little bit that you can't just – literally have everything fall at Mahomes' feet and he's going to be able to do every single thing on every single drive on every single play right. and it's that you can't they need to tune up the squad overall across the board the defense needs to be tuned up the offensive line needs to be tuned up um maybe even they have so many home run hitters like Kel, I think Kelsey ended the game with almost 13 like I think he had, I think I was pretty sure he had 10 plus catches. I might've been like 13, but he had like a hundred, a hundred and change on like on a security blanket thing. But yeah, he giving what the, the D taking what the defense gives you is like, maybe we need to go get another sure handed slot guy or something. That's not, we're not always trying to go 60 yards up the field. Yeah. I I, I think overall they just need to tune it up and lock it up. And then they, with that, with that guy at quarterback, it's just they'll be able to get shit done. Yeah, and I, and if I'm them, I'm not panicking and saying like, oh, we need a roster overhaul or oh, because we lost to this or you know, you just you lost this game, you got beat. Sometimes you go out there and you just get beat. And I think the best thing they can do is what you said: realize they're not invincible, right? Realize you can't just wait for Mahomes to rip off four quick touchdowns and you're back in the game. And yeah, that that's it, man. I mean, I think that's all you can really take from it. I don't think it's going to be some huge moment for them yeah, in which no, it's like, I, yeah, we need to we need to do this or we lost. This would have really helped us, right? Nothing would have helped you on Sunday. I'll yeah. put it that way. 
Nothing like, would have helped you on Sunday. But that team was 14 and two, and they weren't they weren't dominant at any in any sense no. of the word. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I yeah. think they I think they kind of got a little too cozy. For sure. Like, oh, we're Gucci. Don't worry about it. Like everything is good. We got Mahomes and we'll just show up. And I, I don't know. I'm not saying they just showed up, but all year they were kind of in cruise control. And then two weeks to prepare, they were they showed up and were and, and were in deep trouble from the jump. You know what they should do? Continue to invest in your defense. Yeah. That that's 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 where you're gonna be weak. Like knowing you have Mahomes and you have a quarterback like that, you have Mahomes, you have Hill, you have Kelsey. Let everything else figure itself out. I wouldn't spend a ton of money on offensive side of the ball. Um, <clears throat> I would 100% invest in defense. Like, if you put a good defense with Mahomes, you're going to truly be unstoppable. Their defense is still very suspect. Their run defense is extremely suspect. Like, sus. It's a front so, runner. It's a front running D. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, we're up, we're up 21 nothing. We can get some sacks and some yeah, interceptions. They're not going to be able to, like, keep you, like, lock somebody up. That's in a it's it's in a close game. It's just not gonna happen. They and it didn't happen all year, and it definitely wasn't gonna happen against those boys on Sunday. Exactly. Right, let's uh and shout out uh shout out JM in the comments, Cody P Chad too. Um, but JM said receivers had too many clutch drops. There was a couple drops that they had been coming up with, but wouldn't have made a difference. It was three they had three big drops, the one from Tyreek in the in the end zone. Not the not the parallel sidearm joint. That was a big drop too. But Kelsey had a drop. But I yeah, I don't think it, that 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 lost them the game. No. All right, let's move over to the NBA. The association. The association. What a year! What a year so far. You know what I heard on uh, on what's it called XM Radio today that I didn't even think about. This is the first year you don't have any teams that are actively tanking. Your teams suck, yeah. but no teams that are like explicitly yeah. like we're not winning ball games this year, which what, I think you, is made for like interesting nights pretty much gonna, every night. I was gonna say, would you, do you think that's because of the new lottery format or do you think that people think they actually have a roster that can compete or? Well, you got the play in situation. I think, yeah, the new lottery format. I think just the fact that, after the bubble, I think everybody was just antsy. Like, I don't think you could have a team that came out the bubble or came not even being invited to the bubble and said, hey, we're just going to actively suck. Right. Um, so I think there was pressure to win, like, as far as that's concerned. And, yeah, I don't know. And maybe people, yeah. And I don't think, what are you tanking for? Anyways, like, the, these guys, we don't know anything about any of these guys who are coming out. Yeah. Like, Cade Cunningham, like, I, I know his name because he's supposed to be number one pick, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a whole bunch of different factors that lead to it, but I know it's giving you good basketball every single night. You say it's not a Luca, Luca lurking. Yeah, exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? No rigging for Wiggins, but um, <laughs> I think that's why you see a game last night like Lakers and OKC going to overtime. Like OKC is the worst team in the NBA, but you got a guy like Shy out there balling, taking a team like the Lakers to overtime. You're getting good games every night. Like the quality of basketball is very, very high right now. Yo, for the wagering people out there. Pay attention when the Lakers play the bottom of the league. They they really show up over and over again and try to just cruise through and just, like, close the game strong. Like, they'll literally just cruise the whole game, and then yeah. the last six minutes they'll just try to win the game, and it's worked multiple times. 
Uh, but they've also had to go to overtime with OKC. They've had to go to overtime with the Pistons. It's like they try to just cruise in. But every time they play like a big squad, a big team, like that's going to be in the playoffs, they take care of business. Easy. It's the it's the it's the it's the bottom of the barrel squads that they just fuck around with. And I don't know if that's a little bit of the the bottom of the barrel squad, like the Pistons or Thunder are just showing up and trying to beat those guys because it's like that's their it's biggest the, it's game their of the Super month. Bowl. Yeah. Right. Um, but keep an eye on that when you see I think the number last night against the Thunder was ten and a half. Yeah. Um, so keep an eye on that if you're if you're looking at games and, and that type of thing. Um, especially like first half, like if they're, they're almost always just like cruising along, uh, early in the game, but free game. Let's, uh, you want to talk KG in these comments or you want to talk nuggets, uh, LaMelo, a little bit of bulls, and then we'll get to KG in the comments. Yeah. Let's go. Let's start with LaMelo nuggets, a little bit of bulls. Okay. Let's talk about the nuggets real quick because <clears throat> big Nick, the quick had an interesting comment. Um, before we got on, I'm going to tell you this. I was watching uh, you, I, and I know you were watching that game last night against Denver, yeah? Or against, uh, against, uh, the Bucks, against yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, if that Chris Middleton shows up, by the way. Problem. Problem. It was problem. against It was against Denver. It was not the best defensive team. but <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> the, he was going crazy. Yeah, efficient, efficiently, very efficient, very confident, getting it from all over. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, so yeah, I think what I wanted to say was, um, and it's not just after watching that game. Um, overall, they're twelve and eleven, eighth in the West, and I know they're coming off of a pretty long win streak right now. They're on a three day, three game skid, but I don't know. When I watch the Denver Nuggets, I see a transcendent player in Jokic, right? Yo, he's a. A, a, a seriously one of the most fun players to watch in the NBA, right? Just like very, very pleasing to the eye. Um, smart. Lot, very, very fun, smart, creative, crafty, good best, like awesome basketball player, MVP candidate for sure. But what I don't see is a Western a Western Conference contender. Not in the sense that like they're going to make the playoffs. Like yeah, of course, right? But I don't see a team. Especially like based off how they played in the bubble, you would think that they'd come into this year like just fired up and one of the best teams in the West right away. I just don't see it from that team, man. I see Jokic, and then I really don't see a clear bona fide number two. So like let's wait, get Jamal, to it. Don't hide the, don't hide the lead. I think Jamal Murray is fraudulent. I think that he is inconsistent. I think he has the talent to be an absolutely terrifying number two potentially number one type player like when he's on he's on you saw him in the bubble ripping off 50 point games right you saw him killing in the bubble you saw the talent that he has like when he's locked in I just feel like he's so inconsistent man like to me that dude should wake up getting 25 points a game it's not like Joker demands 30 shots per game it's not like they're playing with other guys. Like I get an MPJ, Will Barton, like those guys needs their shots to be effective. But those guys are role players, right? Like you are Jamal Murray. You're supposed to be one of the faces of this franchise. And like to me, he's just not there yet. Like he's averaging 19 points a game. Um, listen to his last 10 games. Last night, 11. Game before that, didn't play. Prior to that, 20, 16, 20, 14, 16, 26, 18, 5. 
one game of over 25 points in his last 10 games. And this guy is supposed to be an offensive superstar. It's not like he's there to play D. It's not like he's there necessarily to make to be a huge playmaker. I get he does handle the ball a lot for him. But I just don't see that guy who has taken that leap to that next level. And I remember like in the beginning of the year when they were talking about them being a Harden team, some people were like, no, nah, man, they got Murray. What do they need to trade for Harden for? Because those are two different guys. <laughs> Murray is just not I, I just don't see it with him he's inconsistent and he to me like he just doesn't have that um yeah that you see where I'm getting that he just, he's not a killer like that he has a, he has the game he could be he just doesn't have that mentality man he is doesn't that what, have is that, that dog what, is that what you think it is how else can you describe a guy like with that much talent having 25 only in one game in his last 10 I mean, he has the opportunity, 22 shots, 16 shots, 17 shots, 19 shots. It's not like he has to to fight for his. He's going to get the opportunity. He plays in an offense that likes to score a lot of points. He should be better. Yo, with a guy that wants to give up the rock. That wants to give up the rock. If you were watching the game last night against Milwaukee, there's so many possessions where Jokic is looking to get rid of the ball and then decides, fuck, I I guess I'm just going to have to score this shit. right? Right. So, yeah, that's an interesting Where point. are you coming off screens? Where are you demanding the rock? It's easy. He should be getting five points in the first quarter, five points in the second quarter, five points in the third quarter, ten points in the fourth quarter. That's a 25-point-per-game scorer. That's what he should be doing. He you, should not you, be a 19-point-per-game scorer at this point. You current. want him to look like Brad Bill, a little watered down Brad Bill. Yeah. He doesn't even have to be that, but 19 per game, 18.8? Like, come on, man. You got more talent than that. Like you got, and, and dudes are putting up numbers in the league now. Dudes are putting up numbers in the league right now. Giannis can't even shoot, and he's giving you thirty. I mean, I get it; he's the league MVP, <laughs> but yeah, I mean for sure, Zach Levine is giving you twenty-eight. If yeah. you were to ask, if you were to ask a bunch of people who's better scorer, Zach Levine or Jamal Murray, you would have some people tell you Jamal Murray. That's why when it's like, yo, trade Zach, get rid of it. it it's hard to get up in the league every day and put up twenty-eight a game. You have guys that are ultra-talented like Jamal Murray that won't do it. So, like, just be careful what you wish for. Like, it is a mentality thing. You have to be ready to bring it every single night because defense is key on you. I mean, currently in the league, there is five players that are averaging more than 29 points a game. That's, That's a insane. lot. That's, That's insane. insane. And and then below that, there's – so How many guys are putting up 25? Where no, he there's be? 25. Easy, like the half the 14, league. 14, 14. <laughs> 14, 14 players. 14 players are putting up 25 and more. Uh, 10 or more are putting up 27. How many and are then, putting up 20? He's not even at 20. And then you got Trey Young at 26.7 at 11. How many there, at 20? There like, are a legitimate 37 guys in the league putting up 20. So points. if I told you that Jamal Murray is not a top 37 scorer after the bubble last year, would you say, "Wow, that guy's a disappointment"? I would say I would say there's, there's no way. Yeah, he's not a top 37 scorer in the NBA. That's a pro, that's a huge drop off between number one and number two. Joker's putting up 28 a game. Jamal Murray's at 18.6, number 41, right behind Jamal Murray and ahead of Terry Rozier. He Jamal Murray's averaging the same amount of points as Andre Drummond. And John, See what I'm getting and, at here, and, and John Collins essentially. Yeah, I mean. John Collins is nice, but yeah, he yeah. Jamal Murray should be putting up more points than that. We would think, right? 
Yeah, and and okay, and I mean, yeah, and he's playing thirty five minutes it, a game. It, the, the yeah, guy, he's, yeah, he's getting the opportunity, right? It's not like he's playing limited minutes. Yeah, and the guys around him aren't. They're not. Dude, Malik Beasley scoring twenty twenty one a game, and he's playing five less minutes. And yeah, it's interesting. Malik Beasley's putting up twenty one in Minnesota. Yeah, he is. <laughs> shout, shout out Malik Beasley. He's got that Larsa. Yeah, Larsa. Yeah, oh. for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got the pip. That pip. Hey. Of- Slam yeah. dunking bitch Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out Future. One Future. Uh, yeah, but no. So like that's what I'm saying, man. Like that's your second best guy. Like he should be a twenty. And there's enough room for him to be a, yeah, we talk about it. there's enough room for him to be a 25 point per game scorer. So that concerns me. Um, I feel like it's a lot of Joker show. It's a lot of Joker show. And I just don't know how deep that takes you in the playoffs. Dude, I mean, like we said, if you watch the game, he's Jokic is trying to get everybody and their and their mom involved in yeah. every possession. And so, like, it's not like a big pressing issue to try to get the ball. And that's a good point, man. It's interesting. Yeah. So stay locked on that. Stay locked on Jamal Murray because he and he gets no slander. None. None. He gets no no like got, yo. Got a lot of guy? love from the bubble last year. Yo, and you know love. what's and you know what's another good uh a good comparison that gets a lot of slander? Donovan Mitchell. So yeah, yeah he, exactly. And Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell puts up 25 a game every right. single night. And his team has the best record in the NBA. And we've given him slander. And there's right. been a, and they try to compare those two. And to me, I'm like, no, Donovan's not coming up here. If you put Donovan on the uh the Nuggets, he's still gonna give you his 24 per game. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, they're not the same guy. And yeah. points, I get it, points aren't everything, but points are everything when you are a scorer. Jamal Murray is here to score they bat score the basketball. He's he's not here for his defense. We we can get we don't we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, it's score, interesting. Score the basketball. All right. Cause I, I that's an interesting take because I don't think a lot of people are saying that out loud. I'm gonna it's a, it's it's something to talk about for sure. There's no doubt about that. Um, shout out Joker though. That boy, that boy, that he's, boy is a nice. problem. He's really a, nice. A real problem. All right, let's get into. I uh, think the scoring is what impresses me most about him at this point. Like I, I, I would never have him as a thirty point per game guy. I, I agree with you half halfway because I, I mean, he was always capable of scoring thirty. But like I said, he's always he's literally playing point guard. Yeah, he's averaging nine assists a game. Yeah, he's trying. <laughs> He's trying to pass the rock. So, like, yeah, it'd be, it's tough for guys like him with his mentality and his game. He's like he's like LeBron in the in the point where, like, LeBron would would average 15 dimes before he averaged 30 if, if, if that was winning games. Right. LeBron scores to try to try to win games. If, if y'all are going to let me just dish and run I'll, the show. I'll sit up here and do this all day. I'll do this all night. I don't have to score. Exactly. Until so, it's time to. Yeah, shout out Jokic, and uh, let's see if the Nuggets can. They've lost three in a row now. That West is crowded. With yeah, hey, don't with get comfy over and, there. Yeah, exactly. So especially because you have some teams out West that haven't played to their full potential, but they're going to start coming along. So yeah, so stay locked on the Nuggets and uh, Jamal Murray. Okay, let's talk about Lamelo. That's your guy. This Man, guy. This guy yeah. is special. Yeah, you ready? You ready to? You ready to say that? 
I mean, so here's the thing. So I, I watched the game last night. Um, LaMelo picked up his fourth foul early, right? So they took him out early in the third. He picked up his fourth foul. It was a tie ball game at that point. Remained a tie. Yep. They threw him back in there. From the moment they threw him back in there, just stu- you know how like the whole vibe can change with certain players? Like from the moment they put him back in the game, everything changed for the Hornets. They're moving the ball up and down the floor. Guys are running with pep in their step. Guys right. are cutting to the basket. It's like they know if I put myself in position, this guy is going to get me the ball. The number one player you see it with is Bridges. Like Bridges, that dude yeah. has springs, like crazy springs, right? He likes playing with Buddy. <clears throat> Loves playing with them. Yeah. Because he just runs the floor and jumps up and catches lobs from LaMelo all day. And it's just the way they play, the way his teammates react to him. They've put him in the starting lineup now the last five games. I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but I know last night he had seven threes and everybody has been was worried about his jump shot. Um, that doesn't seem to be a problem. He seems like a pretty decent <laughs> shooter to me. Yeah. Uh, obviously has legit size and the vision and the style of play is just like next level, man. Like It just seems like I would 100% want to play with that dude. Like Pull if I was a good athlete uh, with the, for the season yeah, for the this, last this few games. the last five. Just when he's starting. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's like one of those so, guys you love to play with. I mean, last last five games since he started. So first start, 14, 5, and 7. Next start, 22 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Next start, 34 points, 4 rebounds, 8 assists. Next start, 19 rebounds or 19 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Last night, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists. Seven threes, three threes, three threes, four threes. He's hitting threes. Yeah. Like and the boy is it's an all around impact. It's a, before that, even before the start, he had 27, five, and nine. Like it's all around, not a great defender. Who cares? He's 19 years old. He'll figure it out. Um just, just seems like a joy. Like a hundred percent must see TV. Like oh, when, when I when I tune into the league pass, like I go to the Hornets games first. And, like, the team, like, you know, you just watch guys react to playing with them. Like, yeah, they love playing with this guy. Yeah. Everything I, I thought was is just not true. It's just not true. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought, like, like, guys would look at him and be like, yo, come on, man. Let's look at a grown man's game. You're a goofy-looking dude. Like, whatever. Like, no, these guys absolutely love playing with him. Like, Gordon Hayward's, like, smiling, talking to him. Like, they love this guy. Right. And then after the confidence is crazy. Like, after the game, he's just – they interview him. He's just got crazy confidence. I'm all in on LaMelo Ball. We could leave it there. I mean, I don't think there's anything else to say about LaMelo. Yeah, he's doing his thing. And and they're just, winning ball games. He just started st- starting. He just started starting. Yeah. Hey, Devontae. Just got in the starting lineup. Devontae, it's over with. You're never getting back that starting spot. No, De- which man is – to trade. Which stinks because he was playing awesome last but if- year. But if you're the Hornets, that's a, it's, that's yeah, no decision. You gotta, yeah, you got to play. It's the future. It's the future. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's get over to the Bulls real quick because – And the Hornets are three and two in those starts, by the way. Yeah. So shout out to them with wins over the uh, – with wins over Miami, wins over the Wizards who fucking stink, and uh, wins over the Rockets. Well, that's a good uh, that's a good segue into the Bulls because they lost to the Wizards last night. Yo, how many times have we played the Wizards this year? Seems like the fifth time we play the Wizards. Seems like a lot. It seems like I've seen a lot of Bradley Beal buckets on us. Yeah. He is an offensive problem. Yeah. Very effortless scoring, too. Like, 
yeah, he's a a, a bucket, a, a walking basket. Which now, doesn't make sense why they have the worst record in the NBA. Like, how do you have the teams, the leading scorer in the league, but the worst record? And fire, the, fire Scott Brooks right now. The roster's the not player, that bad. You and they know got what the mean? best player in the league in Bertans. So, like, Davis yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's not very good, though. It's not. The, the roster? Yeah. No, the roster sucks, but it's not five wins, six wins. Yeah. They should um, be a little bit better. So, shout out Cody on the live stream. He said uh, the Bulls are one of the most confusing teams in the association. Would you agree with that? Yes. Why? Why? Why do you say? Why do you think so? Because, I don't know, man. They, they. I know Vegas thinks so because I look at the line and it's always like three or four points. If If they're playing the Wizards or like the Portland or like – a really good team. It's always like <laughs> the, the line is never like a big number. They don't They're, know what bulls are going to show up. Yeah. I mean, they are. Yeah. They are just, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but like watching the bulls, I can't tell you what they are. You know what I mean? Like, I can't tell you what this team is, what's their identity, what they do well, really. They're not terrible. Right. Like they're not we've seen what they've looked like the last couple of years when they've been absolutely terrible and they're not that they have the ability to win games, but they also lose a lot of games that they should win. Right. Like I can think of three or four different games that the Bulls should have won. This team should be around 500 right now, maybe a couple games under, but they shouldn't be nine and 14. Like you look at a game like last night, we should have won that game. Like we shouldn't be losing games to the Washington Wizards in the first place. But when you start to mount a comeback in the fourth quarter, like against a team like that, that is really just a one man show. It's 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 the Bradley Beal, you know. What I mean, just, just solo show out there. Like you shouldn't be losing those ball games. As far as development goes, in the beginning of the year, I was watching the the team for development, but that's kind of gone by the wayside because some of the guys that were supposed to be developing can't stay healthy. Like, look, yeah. don't tell me about Wendell and Lori. Regardless of what your opinion is, I can tell you what's fact. Neither of those boys can stay on the floor. Wendell has played in, I think, half the games in his career, and Laurie keeps getting hurt. So I don't know how you're supposed to evaluate those guys when they're not healthy. Um, I can't put it on Zach, really, because he's out there kind of by himself. Cody, Kobe White, exciting player, really fun to watch, has a ton of talent, but it's painful to watch him play point guard at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're, they, are, they are tough to watch, man. I'm, I'm in on Pat Williams, though. I think that he's when out. you when you give him, he just needs to kind of figure out what he's going to be. But he's the youngest player in the NBA, um, and so just give him time. Like I, 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 I like him. I'm happy that that was a good pick. Yeah, like he doesn't I agree suck. With that. No, he does not. And uh, listen, you're dead on on Laurie and Wendell. They never play. Otto Porter never plays either. When he has played, he's been okay. But listen, <laughs> the guy. I wish, I wish we guy, had that photo of him on the fucking. The, floaty no, in the, pool. the guy has no motivation. I couldn't like if you're looking for Otto to play through any type of injury or like it's just never gonna happen. No, he's made so much money, he robbed everybody, and he's just gonna chill and play when he's a hundred percent. He's in a contract year though, man. Maybe he's trying to get yeah, another deal. Yeah, he, uh, he knows. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, man. Whatever. I we you know how I feel about Otto. Yeah, yeah. That deal that that the trade was whack for him. All that shit. If we go back and talk about it again, go listen to the no go listen to no catch up episode. We're coming up on like almost two hundred episodes. Go look at like episodes one ten, 
89, where that's all we talked about. Um, but I do want to talk about this tweet. We uh, I dropped it in the group chat, and I thought what you said was interesting because I was looking at the numbers, and it's like I understand Wendell doesn't play, but when he does play, he's making an impact on the stat sheet. I, I'll say that because I don't know if he's making – this big of an impact on the floor when I'm watching him. I don't think he is. But look at this tweet, and I'll read it out for uh, for everybody that's listening. At KLA Hoops said, how replaceable is Wendell Carter Jr. and his offensive skill set on the Bulls? His per 36 this year is 17 points, almost 11 rebounds, three assists. I searched for the other centers this year averaging 15, 10, and 3 who are playing at least 20 minutes a game. Here's the list. It's Andre Drummond, Jonas Valanciunas, Carl Anthony Towns, Cat Vucevic, who went nuts. Dog, he's a he's a bucket, and it doesn't well, get his respect. He's a fucking bucket. Ma- that basket. dude, that dude will score on you with with, with, with no regard. Yeah, we saw it the other <laughs> night. He went ballistic on us. And speaking of that, that's another example of like the the Bulls just being confusing. They they go down to uh, Orlando. Vucevic scores scores 90, we lose. And the next game we play Orlando, we beat him by like 35, right? So, like, it's just hard to tell. Then we got at number six is Joel. Then we got Nurkic, Sabonis. Number nine is Jokic. Then we got Julius Rando, Bomb out of bio. All those guys are making tens of millions. 15 is the smallest number on this list, with the highest number being 30 million, highlighted by Bam and Joel Embiid. So, I sent that through. Big Nick the Quick was like, "I even have. I'm ready to shoot that up even more." Yo, watch the tape. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, feel so. Free. A couple things. Number one, whenever you, when stats like that and lists like that, they're obviously trying to tell a very pro Wendell story. So right. you're gonna find some stats that tell a pro Wendell story, right? What that doesn't show you. Number one, that's a third of starting over a third of the starting centers in the league. So it's not that special. It's like, hey, he he his per thirty six numbers Those are, are the as top good. guys though. Right. So here's the other thing. What it doesn't show, right, is their per 36 numbers. If you were to compare his per 36 numbers to Joel Embiid, who in 32 minutes a game right now is averaging 29, 11, and 3, you give him an extra four minutes, those probably go out to about 32, 12, and 3.5, and right? Yeah. So when you were to compare his per 36s to these other guys on that list, put, bring up that list again. I want to see if there's anybody who would even be close to 17, 10, and 3. That's a good point. It's, it's None it's of these scoped, guys. It's None scoped, of these guys. It's scoped very nicely for Wendell, no doubt. Right. If you gave all – and the salary thing is just stupid because Wendell's the only one of these guys on a rookie deal. Right. But um, there's not a player on this list whose per 36s would be anywhere close to 17, 10, and 3. Not one player on this list. All of their regular numbers are better than 17, 10, and 3, with the exception of maybe Bam Adebayo, who might not be scoring 17 and might not be grabbing 10 rebounds, but is playing monster no, defense. Bam's you know, he's putting up 20 and 20. 10. 20, yeah. 10, and 5. Yeah, yeah, so if yeah. In, in 33 minutes. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So those numbers don't look that good. It's What they really did is took his per 36 numbers, saw where they were, and created a table based off of that. That's all right. it was. They're like, not that good. Who, yeah, who's above it? They're not that good. None I, of those know, numbers are that good. I know he doesn't impact the game. 
You could take Whiteside's per 36 numbers when he was on the Heat, and it would have been like 30, 15, and 8. Right. He sucks. We talk about like LaMelo coming off the bench and impacting the game. Wendell's on the floor, and he doesn't impact the game. Anything. In any way, shape, or form for me, anyway. He Um, sucks. Yeah, he... He's fine. I mean, he's a he's starting fine. center in the NBA. Like, if you have a good team and you're like, oh, we have Wendell Carter as our starting center, oh, great. But when you frame him as the seventh pick in the draft and a guy you wanted to build around and a guy who's supposed to be this multi-talented, versatile big, we don't see – remember the, the comp was Al Horford. I know you don't like Al Horford, but you know Al Horford in his prime was a good player. I don't see Al Horford. I, I don't see Al Jefferson. I don't see <laughs> Al Farouk Aminu. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see it, dog. I don't see yeah, it. Okay. I don't see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't see how none of it. I don't – that's the problem. Like, if you if, – if, if when you told me Al Horford, I'm like, okay, some extremely smart basketball player, plays good D, knows his spots, and is, 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 is affecting winning left and right. I don't see that with Wendell. I see a guy who doesn't know his spots. I see a guy who doesn't really know what to do on defense, who plays like he's robotic and doesn't have a skill that we can take home to. You know what I mean? That we can take to the bank. I thought you said commit to memory. Commit to memory. Doesn't have a post movie. (laughs) Commit to memory. I was sure you were about to say that. Doesn't have a a post (laughs) movie. Commit to memory. Commit to memory. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that's, no, I that's, agree with that. Yeah, that, that, that is such game. a flugazy. I would love to see that with the other per 36s. That's what popped out of me when you just pulled that up again. I would yeah. love to see the other because some of these guys would be blowing them out the water. Yeah, that's uh, it was framed very well. But you mean to tell me if you played Wendell Carter 36 minutes a night, you get 17 and 11? I'm supposed to be fucking happy. Yeah, not nah, if he was playing. Th- yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, for, put it that way. If you were playing him 36 minutes a night and he was giving you 17 and 11, you, you would be like, man, this guy fucking sucks. I don't know about sucks because 17 and 11, 17 and 11, but it's not, man. it's nothing to, to, to write home crazy about. You know who's like a good case study for something like that? Look at like Enos Cantor. Perfect example. He's averaging 11 and 11 in 24 minutes. If you took his shit out to per 36, he would be the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I I I agree with you. Just that's one of those stats where if you didn't watch the games, it could fool you. It's flugazy. But if you watch the yeah, games, don't believe the hype, out, like, man. Yeah. Don't believe the hype, man. That boy is not. Give me your favorite window. That's my favorite thing to say. Give me your favorite window moment. If you can't name it, it it's it didn't happen. When he was drafted and he he pinned somebody's uh shit off the glass in summer league, I was like, oh, this dude's gonna be a stopper. Yeah, that was the last time. He, that was the last time he jumped. <laughs> like this dude's gonna be a stopper. Yeah, he sucks. Rim protector. Trade both of those guys and fucking move on. Yeah, I kind of agree. I'm, build I'm around, build around way. Zach, Kobe, and Pat Williams. More bring more Kobe way. off the bench, and then next year, bring, yeah, bring Kobe off the bench. For that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, let's move over to the 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 KG and Kerr comments. We're gonna kick it off with the KG comments. You're scrolling through the timeline on Twitter and. You see it here and there. This gener the this generation would would roll over the old generation. The old generation isn't anywhere near as talented as these guys in the league. And then those people got some support from KG. KG just had a New York Times article. Uh, it was a good read, actually. Go check out the full thing. But I pulled out the excerpt of, of him talking about. 
the generation and how he doesn't think the old guys can essentially keep up with these this new breed of hoopers. Here's KG. The question was, what's your take on the current state of the NBA game? And I quote, it's a little long, so bear with me. And I quote, this is KG. The game is at another level. I know you said that you made the team with Vancouver, but I want you to get on the court. Sprint corner to corner and stop on a dime and shoot a three. I want you to do 10 of those. Then I want you to focus on how tired you are because these players do that for 48 minutes. I don't think guys from 20 years ago could play in this game. 20 years ago, guys used to use their hands to control players. Now you can't use your hands. That mass defense, that makes defense near impossible. You can imagine, can you imagine not hand-checking Michael Jordan? No. The fact that you can't touch players gives the offensive players so much flexibility. Defensive players have to take angles away and stuff like that. But if you have any creativity and ambition, you can be a great offensive player in this league. The fadeaway, one-leg runners, the one-leg balance shots, that's stuff that Dirk brought to our game. And now when I watch Joker play, I feel like he has taken that Dirkness and mixed it with his own talent. And Steph Curry revolutionizing things with being able to shoot it from a distance with such consistency. Klay Thompson, Dame Lillard, these guys changed the game. I don't even know if the guards... I don't even know if the guards from our 20 or 30 years ago could play in the time right now. It's creative. It's competitive. It's saucy. You'll get dropped. A a fucking cross will drop you and, and, and break your ACL these days. The game is in a great place. That's KG on uh, old school versus the new school. What, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I he's getting a lot of flack uh, today from a lot of the old heads, but I see what he was trying to say, man. Like, you hear a lot of these old heads be like, man, Steph wouldn't come out here and get 50 on me, man. I'd be hand-checking him. I don't know why they don't put a body on him. And he's saying, look, number yeah. one, the rules don't allow that. So, like, number one, all that physical shit that y'all are always talking about, the rules don't allow that. There's no more hand-checking. You can no longer control a guy like that. Number two, and even more importantly, is you're not giving these young guys credit. Have you watched some of these dudes play ball? Have you watched the talent level of Steph Curry? Have you watched the talent level of Dame Lillard? Have you ever seen a Kevin Durant before in your life? Like, that's what he's saying. He's like, don't don't talk like these guys are just coming out here and doing whatever they want because it's easy. He's They're doing whatever they want because they're good. Like, a motherfucker will come up here and cross you up and drop your ACL. Yeah. Uh, a, a small forward will nowadays. Like, so yeah, man, like, don't, don't, I, I think he's dead on with it. Now, when he's like, yo, None of these guards could play nowadays. Like, that's not true, right? Obviously, you have a ton of guys that could play from back then um, and, and would fit in just fine. But I think what he's talking more to is how sometimes you hear some of these old heads being like, oh, I would shut down that Steph situation or I would shut down, you know, all that type stuff. Like, that's not true. These guys are really good at basketball. Like, some of these dudes are extremely talented. I think uh, this is what I think. I think when initially – and I think the older school guys do this, and I do this, is I immediately think of, like, the top-tier guys from 20 years ago. Like, of course those guys could play in the league now. That's my opinion. Yeah. I think nowadays, this league right now currently, the league is a lot deeper than it was back then. Oh, for sure. So, like, you could get down to – after say you pull the top 50 players from each league, from each era – and then you you had the second tier play. The second tier now is destroying 
the guys from 20, 30 years ago. So I think your elite Hall of Fame guys from 20 years ago can absolutely play in the league now. But I think those second tier, middle of the barrel guys would get destroyed by the second guy, second level, middle of the barrel guys nowadays. Um, could guys like Michael Jordan play in the NBA now? Of course. Michael like, Magic, Easy like Larry Bird. Larry Bird, those all guys. those guys. Kareem Abdul Jabbar would come in the NBA right now and still put up infinite amount of buckets like it, it that's right. that stuff yeah and then there's certain guy yeah i mean there's certain guys who could you imagine putting Shaq in today's nba what what are we doing there's Nothing. there's literally nobody there's nobody that could stop him back then and now the league that you don't even have the big five foul guys anymore um what would you do nothing yeah. it would be interesting to get those guys out on the perimeter kg is the per- the best example is kg right. young kg nowadays because he could shoot, he could handle the ball. Yeah, you know that's you love that. He would play the five. He'd be he'd be a, a super five nowadays. Yeah, you know, yo, what I mean? you know the funniest thing that's like. If, but if you ask KG, like, yo, can you play with these dudes now? He'd be like, hell yeah, I bust their ass. I bust all their ass. <laughs> so it's uh, I think it's a Trust little. Us. It was yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a little. Uh, I think it's there's there's a lot of different angles you can look at it, but I think the top tier guys, of course, could play. But I think this this uh, this crop of NBA guys playing right now, all the way through the league, like you guys, you got guys coming off the bench. Like I guess Divincenzo starts, but like those type of guys are littered all over the place. Yeah, no, for that sure, can, that can hoop. But you know what I'm saying? I do think you have to you do have to account for some of the guys from back then. Um, like I think it'd be interesting to look at some of the guy, like who would translate the best, like who was ahead, like Chris Weber, way ahead of his time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like nowadays, yeah. he'd be shooting threes, he'd be handling the rock, he'd be damn near running point. Um, you know, guys like that were so far ahead of their time. So I think it'd be interesting. But like, there's guys, yeah, there's happened. guys, there's guys that there's guys back then. Easy. You'd be like, yo, like this guy, like T Mac, T Mac would be a perennial. T Mac would be the league. Like yes. he was so. You mean a six eight guy that can handle shoot. Guard four positions. All those guys are <laughs> yeah. easily making the transition. Peja like, Stoyakovich easily making a transition. Oh, Peja, yeah, Peja's making $25 million a year. Yes, easily. So, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of guys you can look at that would 100% play right now. And then there's other guys that Rodman. Might, might have a little bit might have a little bit of problems. Um, Dennis Rodman's playing now. He's such a good defender. Yeah, Dennis Rodman is Draymond Green before Draymond Green. Yes. Minus the ball handling and offense, but it wouldn't matter. Yeah, he, he just probably yeah. wouldn't make it in nowadays. And it yeah, took more don't while talk back to me then. About Draymond in offense, I don't. That doesn't. No. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. He's poor man's Dennis Rodman. That's hundred percent fact. Yeah, he can't defend like Dennis. No, no. What? No, never no. in his. Never in his life. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that KG sided that way because he definitely knows he could play in the league right now, and uh, it'd be interesting. So. It's always interesting to argue about shit you can never prove or never going to play or never going to do anything because it's like you could just go on forever. Cody said, you think a guy like Kerr would play a good? No, probably not. I mean, he'd be what he was back then, a specialist. Yeah, super specialist. We had a we had a crazy conversation about Kerr. <laughs> yeah, we're going to actually, speaking of that, let's get to Kerr right now and talk about his comments. So essentially... To close it out, Kerr said that I'm not about to run my guy Steph into the ground for nobody. I don't give a fuck about 
I know it's the regular season. We're trying to win, make the playoffs and win games, but I know this team is not going to really compete for the title because I've had a team that competes for the title. This is not one, and I'm not. This is run, not it. Yeah, and I'm not going to run Steve Kerr, or I'm not going to run Steph into the ground. And I quote Steve Kerr: "I'm into the long game." Kerr said during a video conference with reporters following the loss in San Antonio. We're counting on having Steph here long, uh, here a long time, many years ahead. And I'm not interested in grinding through this season, which is already a difficult season given COVID regulations, just the nature of the games themselves, these eerie, empty stadiums. For me, for our organization, we're not str- we're not throwing Steph out there for 40 minutes to chase wins. We got another game Tuesday. We want Steph to be playing at a high level for many years. So we're going to stay very disciplined and try to keep him at that 34, 35-minute mark. Essentially, yo, I'm not playing in more than 35. I don't, I don't, I don't care about hey. what's happening. Hey, I've won a bunch of championships. I have elite level job security, and that is the only reason why I can come out here and tell you that I don't give a shit about this year. I'm that's not a, in. I'm not into it. That's essentially what he said. I'm maybe one. Me and Popovich are probably the only coaches in the league who can stand up and say something like this because we have elite level job security. Like we, we there's not too much that we could do to get fired. Like we couldn't really do anything to get fired, less than committing a crime. Um, so I'm just coming out here and telling you guys, like, look, it's fun. Winning these games are cool when they happen, but I'm not gonna do it to at the at the risk of any of my other guys. My it's best, not, my of Steph. I'm not, not playing Steph 40 to chase a win on a Monday in February. In the empty COVID stadium. Year, in an empty yeah. stadium when we're not going to do anything in the playoffs. Yes. Fair, fair point blank. Um, my best perimeter my best perimeter defender and a top three de- perimeter defender in the league is hurt. A top three shooter, maybe in the NBA of all time, is hurt. Same guy, Clay Thompson. So when I get him back... My first round pick is hurt. So when I'm, I get I'm, I'm playing Andrew Wiggins 36 minutes a night. Like, do you think I'm trying to win ball games? Do you, do you really <laughs> yo, think I'm trying to win ball hey, games? Look, I'm not gonna <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna play Steph 40, but I'll play Wiggins 40. I'll mean, throw Wiggy out there all day. <laughs> so yo, man, my guy, my guy Clay is hurt. I got uh I got guys like Draymond. I don't know. I got the bit. I'm about. To, I got the clip. We'll play right now. But Draymond launching, launching game winners from half yo, court with Clay, ten seconds Clay, left on the clock. Play is hurt. My first round pick is hurt. Let me get my guys back with some people in the stands, and then we can try to push for a title. Oh yeah, and I got Minnesota's first round pick this year too. Hopefully, yeah, we can pick that up, and it's a five or six. But yeah, but to to close but I have, the show, I have elite job security, so I can answer this question honestly. However, I want. Yeah, I can answer this question with honesty and literally tell you I, I don't care about winning ball games. And I'm, I not, got, I'm not out here. She said, I'm not chasing wins. Like, that's, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, he said, I'm not chasing wins. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, yeah. All right, damn. Yeah. What are you doing then? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then you're dealing with guys like Draymond throwing uh, 27 footers with 10 seconds left on the clock. Here's Draymond from last night. Me lead inbound. Oh. Still looking for Steph. Now Draymond's got it. What did he do that for? Draymond shot a three with no. five seconds left. Why? You got time. He thought he thought they were probably going to foul him right away, and he just anticipated it. So I think he was thinking he, he could get three free throws maybe. But DeJounte Murray denied Steph the ball. Now good play by Derek White. 
Draymond shot that because he saw White's hand extended. He thought he was yeah. going to be fouled shooting a three. Real quick, before we before we even break that down, that was 100% a pop, a, a pop call to have White pretend like he was going to rush at him and foul him and then pull back. That's Greg Popovich coaching right there. Yeah. That, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. So I was watching that game live when that happened. Um, I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that guys will actively try to get fouled in that situation because teams end up fouling you in that spot. As I'm watching it and as he launches that. Dumbfounded. I'm flabbergasted <laughs> as to how he doesn't. And Steph had been hot up to that point. I mean, Steph's always hot. He's Steph Curry, right? And the fact that you don't get the ball to Steph Curry with that much time, right? Steph, who needs just the smallest chance, possibility, opening of the ability to shoot the ball, and that's all he needs, right? The smallest opening. He just needs a prayer, a little small opening he can get his shot off. And yeah. you decide to launch a three, and your reasoning is that you thought you were going to get fouled. And the crazy thing is, like I said, I was watching the game. Right before that, he had jagged two free throws. He had missed two free throws right before that. So it's not like you're on fire, Mr. Three-Point Shooter, like 90% free three-point shooter like your fucking teammate is. You went up there, tried to draw three fouls, didn't yeah. even get the ball to Steph. There was 8.7 seconds left, and you didn't hesitate. Oh, no, he caught in fire. That wasn't a reaction to something. Like, that was what you wanted to do the entire time. There's yeah, no way that Steve drew that up. Yeah, Steve kind of... Shook it off. I mean, he, he said he's trying not to win games anyway, but yeah, he kind of just blew it off like Draymond. Well, that's him protecting this guy. He's yeah. not going to throw Draymond under the bus. But I, I could not believe that he jacked up that shot. I never heard of that being a thing. People were talking like it is a thing. I, I watch a lot of basketball. I didn't know that that's a thing. Every game that I see, you try to get the ball to the hands of the guy who can make a shot and tie that up. Yeah, I think the most like important making on three free throws when you're not even like I don't know what Draymond's. Right. Yeah, I don't know what his free throw percentage is, but I know it's not ninety. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. And you had just smoked off two of them. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, Get the ball to Steph and live with the result. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, my boy. All right, we'll leave it there, man. No catch up sports talk via Chicago. I'm your host, uh, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me as always, Nick Harvey. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. We'll see y'all Friday. No catch up sports talk via Chicago. We out of here.